Um, All right. Are we ready? Let's do it. Are we ready? Five, four, three, two. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Mid-Level Show. We are so excited here because we have a uh, new provider in the room. Amber, would you introduce us to this future PA or future nurse practitioner right there sitting on your lap? (laughs) Yep, this is Ben. Ben is ready (laughs) to... Ben is really excited to talk about belly fat today, okay? Because he loves, I'm sure he loves tummy rubs too. So he he's does. all look about. This. Look at this. Look, look, look at this. that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we're, we are all about the belly fat today. Now, Ben, you're allowed to have that, okay? Oh, and now he knows we're talking about him. He knew. He just knew. But no, we are so excited to have Ben as a guest on our show today. And we have all of our mid-levels of performance medicine. We have Fran, we have Kara, we have Amber, and yours truly uh, representing the mid-levels in all three locations. And today we're talking about belly fat. If you want to tune into something, I'd tune into this one because everybody talks about it. Oh, Andy, you know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, but I feel like everything, my gut, it just hangs all around that. How often have you heard that in a room? It just, Mm -hmm. that's where I hang all the time. It's because that's where, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That means that there's some solutions to why that's happening. So I just wanted to go around the, uh, I was going to say the room, but are we like squares? I feel like we're in the Brady Bunch. Like, (laughs) start to the left and do squares today and just kind of get your first takes on on belly fat and maybe some of the misconceptions we have with belly fat one that dr rogers talks about is that oh they're just lazy um and i feel like that's something we can immediately cut out if you're listening to this and you struggle with belly fat most often it's not due to laziness fran what were kind of your first thoughts fran represents um, our johnson city office now taking patients on thursday mornings it's not your fault, I think, yeah. was my first thought. I mean, that is definitely true. And that it truly is a metabolic problem. It's not a, a laziness or you don't exercise enough problem or that you don't eat right. I mean, there's many factors. I mean, eating makes a difference. How you eat does make a difference. But just because your fat is all accumulating on your belly points to inflammation and a metabolic problem which we are great at helping you solve at performance medicine. Which means get your hormones checked. Get your lab levels checked. Absolutely. I had a patient come in this morning, a wonderful patient who has struggled with PCOS. And I know a clinic down in Florida, if you have PCOS, this is polycystic ovarian syndrome, usually from high testosterone, high insulin, high cortisol levels. Um, insulin is a driving factor in these patients gaining weight and also pertaining to infertility. And you get put on a track immediately, either you're a metformin track or you're Ozempic, which is a GLP-1, my favorite drug in the entire world. I will be doing, I'll stand on a soapbox somewhere in this room next to Ben's UT poster, my sister's UT painting there to talk about Ozempic. But getting your hormones checked, seeing where those levels are, she had high insulin levels and there's ways to target it. And it's gonna be hard to lose belly fat if you have high insulin levels. Kara, uh, Kara representing our Knoxville office. Um, what do you, what were your first takes? Well, I know um, Dr. Rogers has said also it's the most dangerous, we call it vis- visceral fat. Mm-hmm. And it's also very difficult to lose. And that can be very frustrating for patients. Uh, they, they complain about it around the midsection. You know, they may be working out, their arms and legs may be nice and toned, but it seems like right around the midsection is very difficult to lose. And that can be frustrating and they feel like they're doing everything they, they can. So True. it's a different, difficult area to target. 
Absolutely. Difficult area to target just with exercise and diet alone. He does mention in the note too about uh, watching your carbohydrate intakes. Um, uh, We talked about insulin. Insulin, I explained, A, I love insulin. I have type 1 diabetes. I have for 16 years. My sister's had it for almost 26 years. Insulin responds to glucose, which comes in the form of carbs. So low carb, I'm not giving insulin most of the time if it's under five grams, which is why these low carb diets work or low carb nutrition plans. I don't even call it diet, low carb nutrition plans where your body is sending out less insulin in response because it's not response. It's, it's a hormone. It's a lock and key. It's supposed to go out and make a change. Less carbs, less insulin. So you're totally right about uh, response to food and also to mm-hmm. to exercise too. Sometimes exercise, we need it. It drives up your natural testosterone levels. It helps out with mood. Um, it helps out with your metabolism. Uh, but it's not just the cure-all, fix-all for belly fat. So other stuff we have to investigate. Get your hormones checked. Amber, representing our Kingsport office, um, yeah, and Ben, Ben as well. So sorry, I didn't mean to ignore you there. What were your, what was your first take from this? Well, this one was really personal uh, to me because uh, my husband, who I don't know if he'll listen to this or not, but um, you know, it's not called a dad bod; it's called a father figure because <laughs> it is Father's Day, <laughs> and he he has been experiencing this uh, change. And you know, I mean, we're I mean, he's in his thirties, so it's not like he's just got this massive gut, but just in ways that he never had before. Just the uh, you know, go, weight going through his abdomen. A lot of his has to do with. Um, you know, stress, like Dr. Rogers talked about, we have three kids, he's working, you know, I'm pretty much stay at home, except, you know, the little I do is performance medicine, and, um, and uh, exercise has gone down a whole lot, but also, as Kara was saying about the dangers, his dad um, had a heart attack in his 40s, he's got heart disease in his family, and so I had an uncle, 47 years old, who was not by any means super overweight, but did carry some weight in his midsection, uh, he ultimately had open heart surgery last two years ago this summer uh, with a 98% blocked LAD. Um, you know, it's just, I think heart disease sometimes, not always. So if you have some belly fat, don't be like, I've got heart disease, right, but right. it is something to consider. Do you have a family history? What are your other, uh, like we were talking about the whole metabolic picture. And so um, that was one of my takeaways and I, I really hit home the diet portion kind of made me like, ouch, cause you know, the high fructose corn syrup and things like that. Um, we have a lot of gummies in our house and, <laughs> goldfish and um you know so i'm checking the boxes a little more um intentionally I, I think that's a great thing, especially too about the fructose. Dad has been on a rampage about fructose. Okay, fructose coming from fruit. So most people get the the misconception that fruit's good for you. So, some would argue that fruit is not good for you. Some would argue that it is. It has fiber, can help your bowels move along. Uh, but fruit is high in sugar. Most fruit is high in sugar, and you can get. It's all about balance too. You can get potassium from bananas, but you're thinking about biologically and looking at it from an anthropological look, it's about your brain gets rewarded for finding things that feed you. So sugar is rewarding, dopamine dump from sugar, from fructose to in order to find the food again. Uh, so that's why they wanted to, that's why species survived. They found the food and stayed near it, especially for those sugars. So for fructose, it spikes so quickly in your system. Um, we've explained on previous podcasts, um, I don't know if it's the mid-level show or the carb show or the carb watch, 
But whenever you're bringing up a patient with a low blood sugar, you okay. choose fruits. You choose fruit juices, orange juice, apple juice, quick. Those are quick carbs because they're in your stream very fast and out very fast. On a no For a low blood sugar, that's mm -hmm. great. But any other time, you are spiking that insulin level really, really quickly. You're taking care of the sugar from the fructose, and then you're storing the rest as fat. I tell a lot of patients, too, that that insulin, what it does, it's a director and it's a parking, it's a parking garage director. You have a very small parking garage where, where glucose needs to go into the cell. Another small parking garage where glucose goes as glycogen into the liver. The rest is an open field where all those cars get parked in as adipose tissue and fat tissue. So more insulin and the more insulin quickly, more opportunity for belly fat storage, which again, Amber brings up a good point increased risk for heart disease. And I think too, it doesn't mean, I think you bring a great point that just because you have belly fat doesn't mean you have heart disease, but it's the things that are contributing to that belly fat is a signal for what could be a risk factor for heart disease. That, I, there's probably someone, can y'all explain that better than I'm explaining that if someone wants to jump in? It's all about risk factors. It's not just the fat, it's what's driving the fat there that is risk factor for heart disease. Um, that, those are all great points. Um, I want to talk a little bit. He brings up specific markers. He brings up testosterone. He brings up estrogen. He brings up cortisol. He brings up insulin. And he brings up lipase. So I was like, check, 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 check. Lipase. Huh. I need to know about that. Because all I know from PA school is that lipase levels, I'm thinking uh, uh, pancreatitis. <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, that's what I check for pancreatitis, not belly fat. So I looked it up. Uh, lipase, it, it helps break down fat. That makes sense. Lipid, fat, ACE, break down. It's an enzyme that helps break down fat. So you want more lipase to help break down fats, especially if you're bringing in more fats. Some people actually supplement with it. I This may be a question for the group too, but I tell a lot of people to do AMPK metabolic activator and adipocyte or adipocyte. I probably butchering that. Do you guys recommend any of those vitamins? Uh, Carrie, you're shaking your head. Do you guys use that a lot down in well, Knoxville? We, we do use it also too. I've read where uh, patients who have trouble losing weight have low vitamin D levels. And so that's another thing that's really important too. Um, the average person might have maybe 36, but we like it about 80. And um, I think yesterday I had a lady who was 26. So um, that's also very important. And also people who have low vitamin D levels, they have trouble losing weight. So that's another important thing to check. I, if I had to choose a vitamin to be my best friend, it would be vitamin D. And that best friend would be 5,000 to 10,000 I use daily. And if I were over the age of 50, my best friend would be vitamin D with K. I love vitamin D. Like, I love it. I get a shot every freaking week of vitamin D. I feel better. My immune system's boosted. Uh, and I, I've, I've dealt with insulin deficiency and not insulin resistance. So therefore, weight hasn't been an issue in my family just from genetics. But I do feel the benefits of vitamin D. So that's a great point. I feel like everybody should be on vitamin D. And Fran, too, if you want to speak to that, I've been with Fran in the room. She likes getting her patients up to 50 to 70. And most labs will tell you optimal is above 30. Are you, are you, do you find oh, that? Always over 50. Yeah. I've never read anything in alternative literature on vitamin D that doesn't want you above 50. Yeah. For your, even just for your brain to function the way it needs to function. <laughs> and right now with COVID going around, oh, yeah. I mean, boosting your immune system with vitamin D is 
kind of a no-brainer. You need to do it. But I would prefer to get my vitamin D from a vacation in Hawaii. Um, <laughs> we'll talk. Hey, I'll talk to Dr. Rogers. We do deserve it after this podcast. This is a lot of work. We do need a vacation. We'll do just a quick case study with the four. I'm getting a note from production that that's not actually going to be available to us. But maybe, in, maybe in a maybe in future uh, when future offices open, maybe when uh, performance medicine becomes the next. I don't know, pals or something. We'll get that vacation. I'll I'll put it into the big guy upstairs. Perfect. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> you want to get it from the sun. Yes. Vitamin D, natural natural vitamin D absorption. Uh, you do need it activated, which is why we like vitamin D3. Um, and we're kind of big on shots too. And, and Kara, Kara and I talked the other day about kind of how do we dose it? Our kind of baseline is 5,000 by mouth a day, but we do offer, and a lot of offices offer 50,000 IU injection through 1cc vitamin D3 injection. We've been on the fence about how often we do that. Did you find any more answers about, I I am saying I do it once a week. Apparently it can uh, increase your risk for kidney stones and that formation. So you kind of have to take it carefully. Starting off once every couple of weeks or once a month definitely won't hurt. But um, I want to change gears and I want to talk about insulin sensitizers. He talks about metformin, which is a big one iron, and everybody pretty much knows what metformin is. Uh, berberine, which I call the natural metformin. Uh, I think it's great for those who cannot tolerate metformin due to GI side effects. And Ozempic, oh, 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 Ozempic is the bomb. So, Are you having any luck? I'm sorry. To, go, go when about Ozempic getting it um, for patients. I mean, it's a great drug for insulin resistance, which, you know, we've talked about insulin and belly fat and, you know, but how do you get it covered for your non type two diabetics? If you can't right. sample them, are, are they getting better coverage for that? They're getting way better coverage. At least actually, right. I think better coverage in Kingsport than Johnson city and Johnson City's working just as hard too. Um, awesome. Sometimes they want to see that you've tried and failed other drugs um, mm -hmm. that are in the type to diabetes profile. Uh, it's not necessarily, sometimes the prior authorizations want to see a specific diagnosis, but you can add an insulin level on there. Right, um, exactly. And so I think getting insulin levels drawn is, is good uh, if you're having trouble with coverage, but really you can, mm -hmm. most often you can tell someone's going to have high insulin levels or higher insulin levels even without necessarily drawing it. Um, but, but, um, uh, there's other two. Oh, I'm sorry. We're getting a call here too. That's going straight to our phone. Um, I'm on production staff's phone. You're getting a call from your daughter. If you'd like to answer that on your cell phone, Jenny Rogers. Perfect. No, she says no. So we'll just go ahead and decline that. Thank you for joining in Kelly, my sister into the mid-level show via cell phone. <laughs> She's not, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, but no, but it was big. So Ozempic is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. It I just described it this morning. And can y'all did I talk about how I talked about it was a basketball coach last week? No? Okay. This is an analogy for the ages. Are you ready? Okay, so everyone has GLP-1. Everybody in this square right now has GLP-1. It's like a basketball coach. Your arena, the GI track, is a basketball court, but it's an NBA basketball court. Most people's GLP-1, that coach, is like a middle school basketball coach. And he only has middle school players to work with. He's going to send out 100 middle school basketball players to play an NBA game. So think about that sending out insulin that doesn't work as well, that's not as good, not as efficient, into an NBA-level game. They're not going to get anything done. They're going to flood the court. No baskets are scored. 
GLP-1 receptor agonist like Ozempic comes in and replaces your coach with an NBA coach who's going to send out five amazing NBA basketball players, five amazing insulin players to play the game for you. That is how Ozempic works. So it's an insulin sensitizer in response to food. It's an amazing drug. Um, and I think that for those who have struggled with weight, struggle with that belly fat and kind of have a known family history of diabetes or prediabetes or sugar issues, Ozempic is a great way to start. They're changing uh, some of the algorithms too. So most, most often you have to start with metformin right off the bat as the gold standard, but most often they're pushing that GLP-1 up to kind of the top level um, where you can even start patients on it without metformin. Do y'all say, do y'all use anything other than Ozempic? Ozempic is technically a once weekly, but just buzzwords for those listening, Victoza, Saxenda, Bidurion, Bayetta, Trulicity, those are all part of the same. Even Rebelsis, which is the first oral version of it. These are all injectables. Any success with other ones that y'all have tried? Um, a new one that's out in relation to heart disease as well and lowering your insulin levels, Farsiga, it's oral, yeah. and it's daily, and they've just come out. I watched a, a, a education type thing on it uh, uh from cardiologists and how they are putting pa patients on this first line so you know that just because of the heart benefits so. yeah and two yeah there's we talked uh a couple weeks ago about tadalafil and heart i mean there's a lot of medications that benefit the heart as well so i think that's great a lot of those medications are coming farsiga is an SGLT2 inhibitor. It works on the kidneys to spill more glucose out of the blood. It helps lower glucose levels and lower A1C levels. Another great medication used uh, for a diabetes, prediabetes, sugar issue. Um, but if you're just the average person listening in and you've got belly fat and you're a guy or a girl, you know, don't you don't necessarily have to jump to pharmaceuticals. Right. You know, look at look at your risk factors, look at your diet, look at your hormones. You know, how old are you? What's your body type? What's your family history like and kind of get an idea and I think Dr. Rogers gave some great ways to start with just diet the way the things you look at in your diet the things you look at in exercise those modifiers and then kind of go from there you bring up a great point he talks about fasting do you have does anybody yes. kind of have interest in fasting or intermittent I know dad does an intermittent fast intermittent just means not a full fast he does 16, eight, 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating. And the idea behind that is that the less often we're eating, the less often insulin has to come out and play. So it's just like we're shutting, turning the lights out on the basketball court for a little bit. Uh, Fran, do you have any, any advice, yeah, tips? Um, what do you think? I love, inter I love intermittent fasting. Um, it's, it's easy for some people and some people actually feel better when they're fasting, their brain works better. Everything feels better when you're fasting. Um, some people do not. My husband could never do it. He gets way too hangry. He needs to eat <laughs> as soon as he gets up. Um, so, you know, it, it's an individual thing. Um, learning to eat when you are actually hungry yeah, is, yeah. you know, is a great way to go. I, I found out that I really don't get hungry till lunchtime but I was just eating breakfast all the time because you're supposed to, and that really doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, adding something like C8 and caprylic acid, uh, medium chain triglycerides, that um, that can really help you burn fat too. Um, oh, bulletproof sure. coffee where we put, uh, kind of the fat keeps you full. So you, it's not really complete fasting, but it's a form of fasting right. where you can have your, your caffeine and your, um, your MCT oil and, and you're good to go. I like that. Very easily brain till after healthy. lunch. So 
And if you want to ever try fasting, I suggest you just try to go a little longer each day for a while. Don't, don't make yourself suffer. You can, you, you will find out when you really need to eat. Don't let your blood sugar drop so low that you're miserable. Right. Um, but, and... but everyone should give it a try and just see, just close that window of when you actually eat. As long as you know, you're allowed to eat. A lot of people are fine with it. Like we're going to eat between 12 and eight. Oh, absolutely. Just see what it does. It, it does make you more um, sensitive to insulin. There is a great right? website. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Increases and it's anti-aging. And yeah. It, yeah. And uh, th there's a great website. It's Dr. Fung, F-U-N-G. Uh, he's a nephrologist from Canada. He has a great explanation of how and why they do it in different programs. It's not necessarily, there's a 16-8, there's a 12-12. There's two days. Uh, and two, Kara, I wanted to ask you, because Knoxville uses Prolon a little bit more than we do up here. Prolon is a fasting mimicking diet. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about that? It, it is it is a five-day fasting mimicking diet. Um, the first day is about 1,100 calories, and then the days after are about 700. Um, but you can do anything for five days, but it comes in a box. It's numbered. You have exactly what you need to eat. Um, they're actually coming out with a new one for our thyroid patients, an anti-inflammatory protocol. Um, but it also has some long-term effects. If you do it three times in a row or five days, three months in a row, it helps with um, blood pressure, cholesterol, as well as a hemoglobin A1C. So some short-term, long-term effects. That's that's a perfect way to close this out. You just talked literally about metabolic syndrome and how fasting mimicking helps all components of that. I think that's amazing. Uh, listeners, viewers, we've had a great topic. I want you to read the doctor's notes, revisit this podcast. There are so many things contributing to belly fat, but I want you to know there are ways to get rid of it. It's not just through things that you're doing. It's a lot of the reasons are just genetic traits that add to it. So come get your hormones checked. Come see your favorite mid-levels, the four of us, uh, in three locations across East Tennessee. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you, Fran, Kara, Amber. Thank you so much. And Ben, I don't know where he went, but... He's watching. He's he's it's working good. on his belly fat right now, right? Have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit of carbs. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Until next week, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye, Bye. y'all. See you later. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.